1: what's going on this is joel from walk off the earth and you are listening to tobin tonight
0: welcome to another episode of tobin tonight we're here with jc yes sir uh, from walk off the earth i'm so glad that you took the time to come on this podcast my I pleasure, was gonna man. start off with a Harry Carey impression because I have the hair and the glass of like, oh welcome to <laughs> welcome to the show. But <laughs> it's great that was to good. have you. That's good. Yeah. I'm gonna take these off because it's like it's kinda bothering me. But um okay, okay. I wanna ask you first, like tell me a little bit about how this band formed. We're gonna get like all over the place. Totally what these conversations do, but Absolutely. tell me a little bit about it, because like doing a little bit of reading I think it's like 2011 it started.
1: Sure, man. (laughs) Uh, My my entry point was 2011. The band had been going for a few years at the local level um, with a prior personnel, essentially, right? With our guy G, who is still like he's, really the founder of the band and continues to be the, uh, the leader of the band at that time, you know, his, uh, his buddy, Ryan Marshall. And at that time, the original drummer, drummer from G's older band, Pete Kirkwood. So they were a trio for years, did their thing, you know, in the GTA doing the bar circuit, doing the thing Their their kind of biggest break, uh, at the time had been a couple dates on warp tour, which if anybody knows what that is, it was, it was a big look for, for many years until I think they just recently in the last few years hung it up. So that was the early, early days while that was going on. I was on a straight line to music school actually my whole life in music starting with piano getting into my angsty teenage years and wanting to be a rock star and getting into guitar and then just kind of landing on drums almost by happenstance i was pursuing this kind of educational path at that point because I didn't want to do anything else. And I was lucky enough to have parents that were down to support me wanting to go into this thing that almost certainly wouldn't go anywhere and get me a job just by the numbers. Right. Like it's, I feel like it's so many kids, like all my buddies wanted to be in Blink-182 or Green Day. And that was like, those were our gods, you know? And like, it's, it's, I'm more grateful as time goes on that my, that I had parents who supported that because there I was pursuing this education path and saying, wait, you can go to school for music. Like, let me at least try that. So. Giving that a shot, realizing not until I got there that music to me was always something—a a journey best discovered, a, a path best traveled with my buddies—and not necessarily art school is a weird thing, man. Like it's—it's it's getting in a room and saying, "Hey, we're you know be creative under these measures, and we're going to give you a mark for that," right? Like yeah. uh, uh, people love to say art is so subjective, right? So it's the idea of someone saying good job or bad job is, is such a funny thing, right? And 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 really, when I look back and, and I think about it music school helped me in the the real value of music school to me was it showed me what I didn't want because sure I saw I saw the path that was yep we could do this I could maybe wind up teaching or who knows try to freelance around the city which I did a, a good amount of right here in Toronto a bit of that and knew that that wasn't the vibe for me so one thing led to another I got a chance to actually go on a very small tour in Europe with a local singer songwriter this would have been 2010 maybe and that completely every issue that i had about music school was answered when i got a chance to just go out there and see europe for the first time and really enjoy it so that was a moment and then coming back to school after that i was like this is not the vibe i'm going to i'm going to bounce went back back home to burlington ontario I had always known about Woe from from coming up in smaller bands and getting a chance to share stages with them and stuff. But I'd never actually gotten in touch with the guys until a mutual friend, a buddy that I went to high school with, a trombone player, Tyler Norton, had done a few Warp Tour shows with them. And at that time, Pete Kirkwood was just about to leave the band, the original drummer. So enter me and uh, getting the, a chance to chat with G. And at that time, like... Wode had just started doing YouTube, and like I think there was like three thousand subscribers total, right? And essentially getting in, chatting with G, saying, "Hey, you know, we're just gonna we're doing this thing. Like we're we're starting to, to kind of do this YouTube thing because, like, you know, we all we've known up until now is we're gonna pile into a van and just try and like hit the open road and try to get people interested in, in our music. But here we are. This is right after like our buddy Justin Bieber from down the road had had shown what YouTube could do, right? So like something was clearly starting to happen there, and there was like five videos on the channel, like just a couple of G goofing around and a couple of the the original three there and you know just dove in and just kind of went hard for a year just doing the local circuit and trying to make fun videos and cool content and man one thing led to another and literally about a year in just maybe just a bit over we found ourselves in johnny's kitchen doing that five people one guitar video and man we we just recently a few months back celebrated 10 years of, since that video went out and it has been such a blur but such a privilege such an honor and Truly grateful to still be doing it despite a whole bunch of ups and downs along the way.
0: When you were talking about like going on these different tours and then finally joining this band, like what was the process like? Because I know when you ask certain band members when they first start a band, it's like, all right, let's get our buddies together, let's see how we gel. But like when you're already into a band that's kind of created and it's like you're just kind of filling in pieces, was it tough for you to be like, because again, as your role in the band was tough to be like, hey, I actually think we should do it this way. Or were you kind of like, whoa, they're they're already doing well. Like, I'm just here. Like, how was your perception of that?
1: It's a great question, man. I I entered at a really good time in the sense that Johnny and Marshall were working on Funny enough, a forthcoming LP that never saw the light of day because things went crazy and we ended up going a totally different direction. But the guys were far enough along getting new demos together where they were screaming for drum parts. So pretty much right away, that was really kind of my, if, if there ever was any form of audition process, it was like, yeah. hey, here's a demo we just cut. Here's a bed track. Let's see what you got. Let's throw you in. You know, we uh, we have a, a longstanding connection to a studio in Burlington called B-Town Sound and our buddy Justin Coop. G for the longest time owned a room in the back, actually. And that's where a lot of the first world rec- records were made. That's where the first kind of big, big major label release was done. We've moved on since, but uh, just so many memories there. And we still find ourselves back there doing, doing various things, but yeah, what an opportunity to like hit the ground running and be like, Oh, okay. And I feel like that's almost a, like, what an ideal situation. Cause like the other side of it is like, Hey, learn all these songs. And, and, you know, some, I had done things back in the day where a band would want me to learn things beat for beat. Where, how it was done on the on the record or do things absolutely not how they were done on the record like some or somewhere in between here was a chance to really just not i'm a serial overthinker just to not let that side get to me and just be like oh i have no choice but to just deliver right now and obviously it, it worked out it, what's what's funny is that the guys loved that and we really started to kind of build a, a vibe that way this is when also mike taylor rest in peace had, had just joined the band so there was there was this new vibe and there was like you could tell that the guys much as g is very much like a he's the he really is the is is the visionary at the end of the day we've all we we all especially over the years we've all kind of like found our ways to contribute and to to bring ideas to the table but it's G's baby at the the end of the day even with that in mind at that time you could tell that there was a real shift happening and like G has always been like this is going to be the biggest band in the world and we'll do whatever it takes to get it there which is like so much respect for the guy but there was this moment where it's like okay possible new drummer we just added a keys player there's room for this to really kind of go in a potential new direction without compromising what started walk off the earth in the first place. Right. So I guess that's a roundabout way of saying you have ease- your input. Yeah. I ease my way in, but I did find those moments and what a great moment that was to start to get more and more. And certainly over, over these years, get more of a, a creative input. And you hear about the bands that don't have, it that, that don't make it in the long term and they have the creative differences or this sort of stuff. Like fortunately, pretty much off the hop there was an opportunity for me to have my voice heard even in a you know certainly just getting started i was the, the kid who just dropped out of music school right these guys have been going for a while i'll always be kind of the baby of this band which is funny because i'm 33 now but you know yeah just just being grateful for the fact that like there was such a creative void in my system coming off music school hoping wishing that it was going to be the answer that i was looking for knowing definitely that it was not going to be and wanting to kind of seek that creative fulfillment elsewhere and find it pretty much on a first try with woat is something that I will forever be grateful for. And things really only got crazier from there. I, I think it's
0: interesting because you, when you were mentioning of course about the social
1: media side and like, I guess in this
0: term, YouTube, like I remember maybe being, it was either an, I, I want to say high school, cause we've moved on like from a different house since then. But like, yeah, I remember Bo Burnham being like, just kind of blasting out of YouTube because it was yeah. like, welcome to YouTube. It's like, you don't know what you're missing. Just try searching women. And I, I recite that because I remember <laughs> looking at this YouTube live and I was like, like, I grew up on much music. So the YouTube live, thing too, was kind of like, a, like a branch of like, okay, this is interesting. Yeah. And then like, now you look back and be like, Holy crap. Like that was like so many years ago, but like look at the people that kind of came out of that. And when you were mentioning about Justin Bieber and like starting in YouTube, I want to ask you, it's kind of like a bit of a two-sided thing, but it's like, obviously YouTube garnered you a fan base. Yeah. Like, obviously, but like now we have a social media where I feel like you've got Instagram, TikTok, and like that's got to be helpful to people like this band because they're very innovative. Like I know, like I can't say I sat down and watched the episode, but it's like, you know, you were on Ellen doing the whole thing yeah, of like the yeah. five with the guitar or yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. like right, all these instruments. And I was like, okay, I don't remember watching it, but when I was doing the research, I'm like, that got to be like really cool. Like you're on Ellen and this is oh. what you're on Ellen for. But like now you go on tiktok and instagram you see like some videos you're like what like how did i end up here like this does not appeal to me but like i remember just scrolling through now that i'm in podcasting you got to be like very energetic so i think it was like sarah was the one that was on the tiktok whatever and she's like hey like check out this new song we're doing like bet on me and i was like why does this band sound familiar and i remembered like it was in university i had heard covers you guys did and i was like like them and like i'm not making fun of you for you guys because like you know a lot of musicians happen this in my in, in my phone but it's like you get a song it's popular for that time and then it's like okay you listen to it and then suddenly it kind of drifts away you're like of oh, course what happened, to, what happened to that band it's like they continued you just didn't continue to keep up with them exactly but then when i seen sarah's post of like hey check out this song, and then like silence the piano i was like i was like you you motherfucker you can't silence a piano that's the whole point point. And, like, <laughs> and then when she started playing it i was like all right. Have they shown other preview clips? So I scroll down and then you see them go like, Hey, check it out. We're all playing. And I'm like, how can you do this? But yeah. then I waited. And I was like, to the point where I probably sent a message to the, to that account. Now I don't know who managed the account where it's like, Hey, we want to hear from you. I was like, I've never done this for another band. So then I was like, Oh, let's take out our rap school genre. So then I yep. put in like my own quote, Tyler Shaw did a great job. Yeah. is And then I was like, oh, I'm very interested in who wins because now I've heard so many, but like, that's the whole power of social media and YouTube.
1: Yeah. So I feel like challenge.
0: Yeah. Like how do you now with the social media that you have with Instagram, TikTok, all these, do you find like the fan base has kind of grown because of all this, because they can keep up with you anywhere. Like if Sarah goes out on the street and she just takes her phone, like, Hey, I'm out on the street today. There's like five people like, love you. (laughs)
1: yeah yeah man i mean exactly right like it's it's just doing whatever it takes to fight for that that relevancy and that and that bit of extra attention span right we're in the era of the ever diminishing attention span here you realize that the new and hot social and i feel like this is just going to keep happening like we we for a while we were like we knew that TikTok was out and doing its thing but like for a while i feel like we were so focused on like you know into our stretch that we had gotten used to of like our our assembly line of like a youtube share things over to Instagram, maybe a little bit of Twitter, but like finally saying, okay, this is obviously a major thing. And it's, you know, and, and sure, maybe some, some of these will go the way of vine or go the way of there are other smaller apps that have come and oh, go along the years, vine. but but like, it's, it's so, so, so important to, you can't in the same way that you can't pick your fans as an artist, you can't pick what the people how the people consume most of their content. I and mean, when you start to look at the metric side of a TikTok, of obviously Instagram Reels, and you see a YouTube trying to keep up with their with their shorts, Twitter tried it and killed it with fleets, you just got to play ball. Or else, you know, if if you're not doing it, someone else is going to come along and, and do it. And that's really one of the big takeaways that certainly I... For a decade of getting a chance to go out and see the world and continue to do it and tour and, and, and live that twelve-year-old rock star dream that I that I had wanting to be Travis Barker when I was a kid, yeah. one of the biggest things I've learned that continues to, to keep all of us, I think, really humbled is like there is so much talent out there, man. And if we aren't grinding every day and continuing to find cool things to share and neat things, to, even if we see another TikTok and we're like, oh, that guy, funny enough, G had seen a four guys playing on one guitar which which ended up being us we're going to one up that we yeah, still yeah. do that a lot with certain TikTok things that's a really cool idea let's make it way crazier that's something that we continue to do because we know that if we're not doing it someone else is going to be doing that and they're going to be getting that attention span and cornering the market that way and there's no shortage of talent out there and as time goes on there are increasingly easier ways for people to get their talent to share their talents with the world and there's no option but to keep try to keep up with that keep that momentum going because it's, it's there's no other way really and that's we know that's what's got us here and that's what's kept us here and enter the pandemic and because we're we've been such an internet focused band over the years there we were getting called by every brand out there to do either like a like a some sort of brand deal with them or like we, we've always done pretty well with like corporate gigs right and like we've come to be known for this pretty entertaining live show so we'll get yeah. What used to be, hey, we're going to fly out to D.C. for for two days and and perform at a thing and fly back in the pandemic turned into, hey, we're just going to go to B-Town Sound, bring in a camera crew and either do a live stream or a pre-tape and send it off. We did very well with those through through the pandemic to the point where it helped remind us that, of course, going on the road and there's there's so many things that are kind of an important trapping of being a big band that does big things or whatever, right? But for us to realize, well, we might've actually gotten a little more carried away in the star itis of going on the road when realistically what got us here and what's gonna keep us here is internet, right? And I think yeah. any band pre-pandemic that wasn't prioritizing regular internet content had a rude awakening as far as like, we need to start this now. And for us, that was, okay, fine. We need to finally get into TikTok because this thing is obviously going nowhere but up and certainly in the short term, probably beyond that so getting into that and just really thinking shorter and more bite-sized with content and what's going to hook people and really maybe not to like a Mr. Beast level I don't know if you saw Mr. Beast on on Rogan he was talking about like spending years analyzing every second and every the length of camera angles and stuff we didn't go that deep but essentially what used to be and we still we still do them and, and we'll continue to do them what used to be a four or five minute video of us maybe like we have we have a hey Ya! cover that's like absolutely insane there's stuff happening like being thrown all over the place the whole time let's take the ethos of that, let's take let's take a few of those moments and try to cook them into a quick thing that someone's gonna want to share or watch a million times in a row and get really excited. And and to just to answer your question, of course we're starting to see a whole variety. We've always had a kind of a crazy demographic reach, but certainly yeah. now with the TikTok, like the numbers don't lie. They say that, you know, a lot of younger folks and and not even millennials anymore, I guess Gen Z and whatnot, right, are are on there. So definitely tapping into a little more of that demographic has been very much a thing. And we see it when we we're about to, for the first time in almost definitely well over two years hit the road as of June 1st. And I'm sure we're going to see that kind of more youth leaning crowd where what used to be, honestly, man, like us, like we would have everyone from grandparents to toddlers to parents, to teens, you know, the whole thing, that kind of like 20 year old demographic that has never really been the kind of too cool for school crowd. That's never really been a a thing. They see us doing the TikTok thing and the open verse challenge and working with rappers and whatever. And they're like, Oh, these guys might actually be worth my time. So, you know,
0: I think it's full, kind of funny because when you mentioned that about like being the too cool crowd, I'm, I'm trying to remember if it was like, now I could be wrong, but it was either Carleton University or Algonquin at one time when they had like the whole, you know, like when they're, I'm from Newfoundland originally. So okay. like we've never had, and I don't want to put it out there as like a bad thing, but I don't remember ever going to Memorial University and like, you're just welcomed into a university and they have like, you know, just before the summer ends, you have like a concert or whatever. I don't remember that at month. I uh-huh. don't. Now it's not saying that they haven't had it. It's just probably, I've, Born and raised here, you kind of get that hometown syndrome where it's like I don't know everything about this place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this is I'm too cool for this place. And yeah. then when I went to Ottawa and I, I think it was either Carlton or Algonquin that maybe you guys had done a show there for like an opening. Yeah. And um, I remember reading it and I was just like, I'm too cool to go to these things. Like yeah. I don't care if Classified is there. It's like Classified is in my neck of the woods. I'm not going. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. now it's like when I go there and you see like Carlton, and be like, Well, this it's like lights will be here and like blah. I'm like. Oh, I kind of want to go see lights. It's like, I don't yeah. have to pay big money to go see lights. That's great. Yeah. But then yeah, it's man. like, at the same point, I'm like, I'm 30 going to a university to watch lights. I'm like, I feel like I'm an outcast here. But then it's right. like, at the same point, I'm like, screw you guys. I knew lights before she was even lights. Yeah. And it's like, cause when you mentioned about post pandemic, how the rude awakening, if you didn't keep up with social media, like there's a part of me that dissects that of saying, if you're a Garth Brooks, a Luke Combs, a Thomas red, you're looking at that and going Awesome pandemic i will sit back and relax because you're gonna you're gonna wait for me to come back you're gonna be dying it's like when ed sheeran every couple years goes peace i'm like no no not peace you just released a great album where are you going yeah i'm like i'll wait but then there's our our acts out there that are like just getting there yeah pandemic hits it's like okay where do we go like yeah i love lights but then for the longest time it's like where did she go now she's back but i remember just turning on like um instagram one day and she was doing an instagram live and i was like all right cool what do do we got here lights and she literally spent an hour chatting with fans which you don't see at concerts you're not getting that of course and like people were like she's like i'm here for an hour you tell me what you want to do if if no one comments i'm just going to sing some songs i think she did smash Mouth's all star and i was just uh, like i was blown away at how well she did because she added her own unique sound killer And then I stayed, I didn't even know I stayed for like, I was ready to play NHL 22. I only, I only, I only dropped in for like two seconds. She's on here. And I'm like, hooked
1: you. yeah,
0: I'm like, all right, lights, what else you got? Then she does like Lords Royals and all that. And I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, Like That's how I felt with you guys with YouTube is you look up a song that's like trending, like rude by magic. And you're like, all right. I was like, Oh, who are these guys? Why are they doing a cover? And then you're like, you know what? I like that cut co- oh, yeah. another cover. And then it's like five hours later. You're like, I just spent five hours. How? Yeah. All right. Subscribe. Like, honestly, I wanted to show you this, like on my phone, but I gotta be careful here. But <laughs> this is like, so when people say like Canadian content, like, I think you can there see you it. Scooby- Look, I actually went out and bought it. Hey, killer, so like, man. Yeah. And then that, you see Scooby doo, some neon dreams, neon dreams. some Sally. So it's like, you know, if it's a good Respect. song, but I feel like Instagram and Twitter or not well. Instagram and uh, TikTok, in a way, have kind of helped that because oh, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Like, YouTube helped me find you, but then it's like after a while, you're kind of like, all right, I'm I'm dipping out. But then Instagram brought it up where I'm like, all right, cool. And then it's like, hey, you see stuff on Instagram where people take someone's sound clip and they use it over and over again. Yeah. And then it's like, all right, like the song Sunroof. Like, I don't think Sunroof is getting over without. TikTok and Instagram using it constantly. So when I see people's video and like you share it, so obviously your fan base appreciates that. But when I see whoever runs the account and even if you or Sarah, it's always been been us. Like whoever shares it, if someone using the song bet on me in a video, I'm like, all right, so they're not only here just basically saying, check out our song. They're basically like, you as the fans are using our song. We're going to share your video so that all our fans can see that, hey, this is our song. You like it. Like, I actually really liked the rapping part as well. Hmm, yeah. And that kind of got me to check out him as well, which is oh, exposure for him. But like, there are certain lines in that where I'm just to like, damn, it's like, like Mike, Jeez. like, it's like, like 23. Like when Mikey was on Nike, I'm like, yeah, yeah. who comes up with that? <laughs> like, 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 I'm just sitting in my room. Like I, I mess that up constantly. Cause I'll say when Nike was on Mikey and I'm like, Hell that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. wrong, that's wrong. <laughs>
1: I totally think, man. Like we're we're living in an era now of cross promotion and collaboration, and it's almost it's it's almost a necessity. And it's funny that you mentioned that one percent class, the Ed Sheerans of the world. That may not may not necessarily have to. They still do. I, I'll oh, never yeah. forget G showing me a little interview clip where Sheeran was like. I had a full-on meeting with my team where it's like, what's our TikTok strategy? And you see you see the Charlie Poos of the world, right? Living on TikTok. And he almost started this kind of open verse trend, right? With this tune light switch. He had a song that was a trending sound worldwide before the song even dropped. So what a brilliant marketing scheme yeah. to not to just use your existing organic following and maybe you know you're growing it the whole time along to get people excited. By the time the thing hits the radio. It's an instant number one because you've got millions of people that are already using it that are already singing it remixing it the whole thing right it's 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 just so true to that ever diminishing attention span and that need to, to want to just that, that kind of low barrier of entry. Like when we first got into Twitter and first got into Facebook and stuff everyone was talking about how, Oh, you're just one, you know, your fans can send you a DM, your fans can, whatever. Now your fan can literally duet your video and you're probably going to see it, especially when you're saying, Hey, do an open verse for us. We got so many great submissions as part of that. We just also happened to get one from a Grammy winner who is this guy that we didn't even know that, that, that D smoke had won the Netflix show rhythm and flow, the one with Cardi be and chance the rapper and stuff he won that which you should check out he's brilliant on that he just happened to come across it because the algorithm the 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 thing that we're all all us creatives are our slave to happened to treat us right that day and serve that open verse challenge to our guy d smoke and he came up with the the most fire verse and and that's like that's how songs are made in 2022 man it's so crazy it's funny because it's like now even with the world that you live in it's like even if you wanted to go
0: back like i know you have different versions of it coming out now but it's like even if you did want to go back and say to a fan base, hey, like, I know you like uh, D Smoke's song. Here, there was an audience that liked Tyler Shaw's version. So here's a Tyler Shaw version as well. Like, it's like a, you can release it, and then there'd be still, like, there's still an audience for it. Like, I, I kind of think it's like the way social media is today.
1: Is can like, I just quickly, can I just quickly tell you something? Cause that's the second time you mentioned Tyler. I don't know when this is coming up, but it's fine. This will be this will be the first time it goes out there. We just finished cutting the Tyler version last night, so oh nice. We okay. are it's, it's so funny because you're like, What we we just did that. <laughs> so yes. were you saying like, yeah, there's other good versions. Yeah, that the Tyler smoked it, and we uh, yeah. we just got final vocals from him last night. Our guy Tokyo, our engineer, was just cutting them in today, and it's sounding great. So we're gonna do kind of like almost like a special Canadian release with Tyler on it because he he killed it so hard. The radio tracking side of yeah. things and radio marketing side of things, there are certain radio formats. It's complicated where especially tough for an eclectic group like us there are certain radio formats that just don't don't veer toward hip-hop they don't yeah. they, their algorithm doesn't love hip-hop so for us to be thinking about these multiple versions and be like wait a minute tyler had that great that great uh open verse let's bring him in so that that's happening as well
0: i was kind of deflated that he that he wasn't chosen but then when i heard d smokes so i was like that's fair that's an old different fan base but i'm like i feel like they're close enough friends with Tyler where Tyler's not going to be like, you know what? Screw you guys. I'm not helping you out anymore. <laughs> no. and and hey, he's man, probably gonna, like, hey, thanks, man.
1: <laughs> you're going to get your Tyler version too. So it all yeah. worked out in the no, end. But yeah, you know so what? Wild. We're all, we're all much as I feel like it's such a small, especially in Canada, it's such a small community, like the music community. We're all looking out for one another. At the same time, we're all low-key competing against one another for that for that yeah. small amount of of attention time because think there's just so much out there these days and there will never be less there will never yeah. be less of it so for you to say and and everyone's everyone's guilty of that and it's not even a guilty thing like to to love to dive headfirst into a certain band and then just completely life takes you in a different direction and you're you, yeah. you you change you grow and then you know there's a certain gap of time where it becomes the nostalgia factor i'll never forget we went out to Philadelphia one year and we played with Panic at the Disco and Alt-J. Alt-J was just blowing up at that time. Panic obviously had had, had been around for decades. And yeah. you see, I remember looking out into the audience, the Panic at the Disco audience, and seeing those 14-year-old girls that obsessed when Panic was was first blowing up 10 years later because then nostalgia kicks in. And then it's like, yeah. oh, this this soundtracked my, my youth. Now I'm here for the nostalgia factor. And it, what's crazy is that in these 10 years that WOTE has operated at this level, we've heard people say, hey, I got into you when I was really young and now, you know, maybe I I, I just graduated or, or whatever. I just had my first kid and like now we're introducing, you know, to, to the next generation, like that side of things and, and this sort of stuff to really those moments where we're like, oh, yeah, this stuff. We're so like nose to the grindstone that we, we literally tend to forget that this stuff, our stuff is being discovered by new groups of people around the world every day. So we, yeah. we, those moments pull us out and it's like, oh, yeah this stuff we're doing is like reaching a lot of people and like for some of them it's making a pretty considerable impact but of course it's never going to be i think there's probably a very f- small amount of examples where it's like i've i've always loved the eagles and i've only listened to the eagles and yes. i'm only ever going to listen to the eagles you know there's definitely some people that are that are like that but i feel like if you're a real music lover and you're wanting to and you have a pretty eclectic palette, you're always kind of trying to see what's next and and to the point we're talking about how easy is it to just open up TikTok and just start to scroll away especially if your algorithm knows that you like that cool musical content it's going to serve you up the latest the greatest stuff and you're going to always be like you know it's it's it really is a competition it's weird to it's weird to actually talk about it in this capacity and call it that because that's what it is on paper it's business at the end of the day but for us fortunately We we like to stay much as we can in the creative side of it, and just keep doing it for the reasons why we got into it initially. Because it's very easy. There's a lot of stuff, and there's a lot of slimy activity in this industry, and there's a lot of people who who see a quick opportunity. I like getting back to the first year when things blew up. Like the amount of every label in the states wanted us. Everybody was taking us out for dinner. The amount of people that had dollar signs in their eyes, and it was clear that they don't really care about the long term. It's like they, they knew that this one thing was big enough that they could make a significant amount of money off that and if and you know they've been in the biz forever these big label heads in the states going and playing for ellie reid like in 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 new york city at at the epic records office in manhattan like knowing that this is a guy who's literally known for signing people telling them they're gonna be the next big thing cashing in on the first couple things and then shelving them or whatever right so like to have a bit of that hindsight going in it was really really helpful and i think we've seen so many of our contacts over the years come and go in this sort of stuff like kind of to your point but also like be relevant for a while, be there for a while, but then actually just hang it up or, or go a totally different route because this industry's tough. It's one, it's got to be yeah. alongside like a pro sport. It's got to be one of the toughest to get into it all, but then to stick around. Right? There's just there's just so many possibilities for, for things to go south, and you throw in the untimely loss of a of a bandmate, and you throw in uh, another bandmate having having a hard personal crisis coming off of that loss of that bandmate, and things going yeah. different ways, and Yet here we still are, you know, and I think it's it's something that we're truly grateful for to have been through this roller coaster and to know how hard it is to stick around and to still find opportunities. And in many ways, I mean, I I haven't even gotten into the fact that we're like we're fully producing a a fully budgeted, fully greenlit animated series right now that's going to land on on major streaming by the end of this year. Uh, New opportunities that we never would have thought we would have had. Certainly me wanting to be Travis Barker when I was a kid. (laughs) Here we are working on a bunch of these of these like opportunities that really aren't even rooted in the main thing we're known for making music yet here we are doing it and it's a neat thing and honestly it doesn't upset me in any way when uh, we get it all the time where it's like oh those are those guys oh are you still doing the the, doing the woe thing like i remember back in the day you had the thing like actually we're doing we have more stokes in the fire than we've ever had you know and it's what a cool moment for people to then be like oh and then and then do the deep dive on the youtube and and wind up in the youtube rabbit hole of like you know there goes five hours i
0: think it's interesting because of course when you're saying record labels like you you go in you know your research here but i think it's really impressive for you of the band in general because i was doing a little bit of research like you had done a halftime show for i think it's like the minnesota new orleans game which i believe that was like the minneapolis miracle game
1: dude
0: yeah I'm about to.
1: What's funny? I'm going to. I don't know if you know who Gary V is. I'm. I'm flying to Minneapolis tomorrow for Vcon this weekend, and it's at the U.S. Bank Stadium where we did that, which is going to be such a trip to go back there. But yes, we did get to do that. We've done so many wild things. Yeah,
0: and I I just thought that was crazy because I was like, I had to do the bit of research. I'm like, that is that the? No way, that's the game. I'm like, oh, it's the game. I'm like, even if you're not a fan, I know. Like sometimes you look on an NFL page and they do the what? What if this didn't happen? I don't know how they do it, but it's crazy. Yeah. But I'm like. I'm kind of glad that did happen because that's crazy, but you so,
1: also oh, go ahead. I was, I just have to, to, to tell a story with that. So like, I, I'm, I feel like become more and more, I, I was a bit of a hockey fan for a while, but once the Leafs clearly showed that they, they weren't going to deliver in our lifetime and continue <laughs> to not deliver, I, I pivoted over to, to the, to like basketball at the perfect time, like, like two years before the raps did it, but never, never football. So there I was sitting with our then manager at the time and. He had some money in the games. He was really invested in everything. And, and also with, with Mike Taylor actually, and saying, okay, people were starting to leave. Like it's, it's, I I remember that the, that the saints were up and there was just like, like MT was saying, there's absolutely no way these guys are going to bring it back. So we literally, we left, they had us pretty good seats. They had our dressing room right across from the Vikings dressing room. And we're walking back and this just, it, this just eruption happens. And by the time we made it back, that was when I forget the guy's name, Antoine who caught it who threw it or caught
0: it <laughs> yeah i think it's like digs who caught it diggs, I, I, sorry uh, yeah.
1: so yes, yeah see that digs Stefan diggs right yeah literally kept running and like five feet i have a i have a like an instagram uh, <laughs> uh, a story of it five feet for me is every reporter in the whole arena freaking out like uh, people were going nuts and obviously they went on unfortunately to not to not win the next game but that game in isolation was was Absolutely I feel, crazy. I feel
0: like there are moments, like I feel like you know when you go look at like a Stanley Cup final or whatever. Like I know I'm a big Detroit Red Wings fan, so it's like you know in the '90s where it's like, can they just get over the hump? Can they do yeah. this? And then you get that Eiserman goal and like double OT, and then that, very, like it's like it's it's sales from here. I feel like if Toronto had to beat Tampa this year, it would have been like you'd like to think it would be that same trajectory. But like I like to go back and see moments in history where you're kind of like the what ifs, where it's like, yeah, hey, if Minnesota did this. And it's like, oh, and, and like you're always in your history because the way it perceives is like, oh, and then they went on to win the Super Bowl because of that. It's like yeah. totally, but like <laughs> I like to see moments where it's like, this happened, and all the fans like, this is our year, and it didn't end up. But you're like, still a great play. Yeah, but it's just oh, like man. that's that's a moment in history that you're like, what if that just had to continue? It's like the yeah. Buffalo Kansas City game where it's like people remember that overtime, but it's like if the Bills had to go on to win the Super Bowl. Bills fans will be like, Yeah, I know we sucked in the eighties, we kept on going to so but this was our this yeah. was the thing we had to overcome. And it's like, yeah. You're right.
1: But Fair. Right. I, uh, I I threw up a tweet recently because I just saw that it was it was the anniversary of uh, of the shot, the sh- the the Game Seven Kawhi shot, and I put up a thing saying, basically saying that it was one of the greatest moments in Canadian sports history. And my buddies, like my one buddy who's a diehard Winnipeg Jets fan, actually both of them yeah. were just hounding me, saying this is not even in the top ten, and they're going after all these isolated moments. And my whole argument was, well, those are great moments, the ones they were mentioning, but they didn't actually lead to contribute to a a championship run, right? Like that moment is great because it was the reason that got us to the Eastern conference and got, us to actually go the distance and got Kawhi the the FMVP and the whole thing. I I mean obviously it's it's people can argue about sports all day long and and my, my two buddies those two buddies would joke that that's all the that Twitter's good for these days is arguing with oh, sports. Yeah. But it's funny what that means to those guys who are really who are a lot more legit as far as like lifelong sports fans than me. Just funny that I could ruffle feathers that much by saying like this guy. They were saying oh but he's not Canadian and this sort of stuff and like they're pulling up examples like some rocky Richard stuff and like the USSR yeah. goal back in the day and this this sort of stuff and like yeah but what about first of all in our lifetime but also yeah. like something that actually was part of a much larger thing that that was actually that kind of turning point moment or whatever. I mean, you know, people can go back and forth forever.
0: Well, it's crazy. Cause when you mentioned that, like, I know you also performed at game four of that, yeah, like the, the, the golden state, for it. but like I went back to that cause you, you don't remember scores and stuff. So obviously I'll go, someone will correct me after, but it's like, I think that game was in, was that one in Toronto or no, that was, that was down in Oakland. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you did that in Oakland, but I'm, yeah. So, cause game five was back here. In, well, yes. I was going to say here, I'm in Newfoundland, but like in Toronto yeah. and then like, they lose that by one point, but then that's the what if factor where you're like, you could have won the championship at home at home, and that would have been crazy. But then they ended up winning it. And it's like the last game, I think at like their at golden States stadium. Now, I'm a big was, fan, but yeah. I was just still, like, that's kind of like, it's almost like a bittersweet where you're like, ah. Eh, we won a championship and we also won it at your last
1: they it's didn't though, uh, golden state I, didn't beat us in their hometown a single time that whole season which i know <laughs> probably just still yeah. lives rent rent free in their heads
0: i want to ask you because now you guys were at the junos this year yeah uh, now you won it in 2016 uh yes. but like now for this year i it's interesting because there was like i think it's like the children's album yeah correct yeah and like i want to ask you a little bit about that because. I, I try to fl- like, you know, ruffle feathers here as well, but obviously it's a, it's G's kid. And yeah. Like, you know, they're, they're doing this album. Like I, I've see sometimes on the uh, page, it's like, all right. I think it's, is it Romeo?
1: Romeo. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's
0: like, Romeo tries this food or blah, blah, yeah. blah they do And I'm like, you know what? That gathers an audience in itself. Maybe not for me, but I will right. tune into it and be like, all right, how does this kid eat a lemon? <laughs> like, you don't like a lemon? I'm with you like that's it like it's like like i'm not gonna comment like you got it romeo yeah it's like it's something but like how do you feel about going into like a whole different kind of genre or wave there and i think he was like the youngest one to be nominated for youngest ever
1: youngest ever yeah yeah Um, and
0: like i feel like i'm a big splash and boots guy as well no way i feel feel like because i yeah i have a niece and nephew that got me into splash and boots and the wiggles and all this but like it's just funny like how do you embrace that because i mean there's people out there like listen we branched out because, Hey, a kid came into our life and we liked it. And there's others that's like, you know what? We've got a lot of kids that like our music. So let's like kind of give them their own little thing. Yeah, I'm sure if like all time low was like, you know what? One of our bandmates had a kid that loved our songs, but we're going to make it more to their genre, like to their. Right. right. So So like, was it kind of that dynamic? And like, how did you take it? Were you like, screw you guys i'm dr- going <laughs> i don't want to drum to this <laughs>
1: so yeah, man it's interesting like it's it's definitely not i mean it, like it's it's we i feel like we have so synonymized our our, our brand with anything goes to the point where like we have like we've covered iron maiden and we've done like we've covered the whole gamut so when this came up and we saw an opportunity because romeo uh, if you're if you're not aware for anyone listening is unaware this kid will try like the weirdest foods in the world and most kids just like they need sugar at all times right yeah this people try the weirdest most bitter strangest smelliest stuff and and is like basically a garburator like, he'll take he will take it all but when it came time to think about the music side of things, we thought, Hey, what if, you know, obviously, yes, we do have that, that younger audience that we can tap into people all the time. Tell us like, you guys are my babysitter. I just put on a YouTube playlist and I just let it, let it go. (laughs) We said, Hey, you know, the actual sort of, subject matter or or even just like composition and style of the kids music that's out there we think we can add something different to that and if you check out you may not have had a chance to check out the songs we did every song there's a song for every episode for every every food that he tries yeah we we produce them up like we produce Wot songs so like a lot of them are these like really dense like kind of like ballsy productions mm-hmm. that just so happen to be the soundtrack for a kids program right and some of them have Romeo's vocals and stuff so I think venturing into that area and seeing what might be possible there but also making sure that it's still true to our workflow and our process I think was, was a cool thing and I'll, I'll never like man we, we've scratched so many surfaces over the years and we've dipped our beaks in so many ponds that like I just we're, we're down for everything and like the vibes are so good these days that anything goes I should mention as well too that like as the years have gone on, and as we as other opportunities have come along, now the three of us have have kind of been able to branch out in other other areas. Whether a side project, like I have, a, I have a, an electronic project that's very different than than what most people don't know that I like. That's some of my favorite music is like earthy electronic stuff, and like even just other business ventures and stuff. G G operating a label these days called Golden Carrot. Sarah doing like like some kind of momfluencer type stuff and having a whole. Yeah. Lane with the kids stuff me actually most recently getting really deep into web 3 and the, the the more tech side and and exploring everything that's going on with with non-fungible tokens and and metaverse tech and this sort of stuff it's early days but it's a very exciting space case in point me going to met to uh, VCon. Yeah. just having a chance to support one another through these different ventures and of course for those guys they, they've become such a family entity with three children now absolutely what I, what I never say hey guys this is weird let's let's keep on track here Yeah, embracing those creative differences or stylistic differences or or anyone wanting to kind of try out a different lane i think is part of the reason why 10 years on we're having more fun than we've ever had right i think that's those sort of things where other bandmates get caught up man i will never forget when we had first signed our big columbia deal and we went down to los angeles and we were shooting like the video for red hands like it was this whole big budget experience. And our guy, our, our video guy who was there on like on behalf of the label, he was on his phone the whole day and he kept apologizing. And I finally, like in between uh, between takes, I asked him, Brian, like, what's stressing you out? Why are you so glued to your phone? He said, I'm currently on email threads with the five separate members of Aerosmith and their five separate managers because they hate each other so much, they never speak and they only speak to each other through their managers and when they go on the road they are in five separate tour buses and the even the banter they have on stage is pre-rehearsed and pre-written because that's how much they don't even want to associate with, with with each other anymore and to think about like a group like that that has changed the the face of music and has, has yeah. inspired millions and sold millions and millions and millions of records to get to a point where they can't even speak to each other anymore. I knew from that moment that I was like, whatever we got to do to keep the vibes high at all times, that's the most important thing. And, and it's a shame to hear about, yeah. obviously, more often than not, some variation of that happens that that gets that gets a wrench gets thrown in the gears and that's the situation. So to always be prioritizing that and certainly, of course, getting into things like the loss of Mike and I actually lost my mom to brain cancer a week after we lost Mike. So like to, to, to start going through that stuff, man, the heavy life stuff and realize, wait a minute, here we are a decade in still getting a chance to make a living off of music. When we know so many people that are more talented than us, that are more deserving than us, but for some number of reasons, they didn't get that chance. Of course, we're going to do whatever we'll, we'll fight to the death to make sure we can keep this up because not everybody gets this chance. And we were one of the lucky few that got that chance. And if I could, commend us in any way I would say that our work ethic in that sense where I remember there was a viral video at the same time that our our video took off of a girl on the toilet crying about her cat and and she was like singing some song or whatever and she did like a merch drop and she you know she tried to ride that wave a little bit but I compare that to like us where it was like oh this is the moment that we all wanted that no one thought would ever happen let's go crazy and we really haven't stopped it that was a decade ago man so it's that's something that I think and I and, and sincerely hope we will continue to do, even with, you know, people going in slightly different ways and trying certain things out and life, life doing its thing. I think always coming back to this, this beautiful thing that has given us so much opportunity that has changed our lives forever in a crazy amount of ways that's allowed us to change other people's lives. Nothing's more rewarding than hearing from people that our music inspired them in the, in, in the way that, you know, my favorite artists have inspired me. That's sort of yeah. full circle stuff. Nothing will ever top that, man. So like, to do whatever it takes to keep keep ourselves in this position. We've the way we see it, we've kind of fought and, and earned this, this this ability to be here. But we need to, like I was saying earlier, we need to fight to stay there because there's a lot of people champing at the bit to, to try and get there as well. And it's it's nothing keeps a fire lit under your ass than just doing then then finishing our, our work day and opening up YouTube and seeing or, or you know, TikTok and seeing some incredible acoustic guitar thing and, and right away sending it to G and be like, We gotta we gotta beat this, we gotta yeah. work this, you know.
0: I want to ask you, cause I, again, to kind of close it out, uh, like maybe two more topics here, but yeah. like Mike, uh, or, or like, I feel like it would be kind of very passive of me to not mention him at mm. all, but I want to ask you, cause you did mention, of course, about losing your mom as well. Like yeah, take me through that. Cause I believe you guys were supposed to like do a few tour dates or go at a certain uh, venue. Yep.
1: And two polar opposite scenarios. My mom diagnosed with brain cancer and had actually a, a year to the day uh, uh, of, of time left. Which, as much as that initial hit of the news is so tough, man. You know, it's you. you I feel like everybody knows someone who had a situation where they didn't have a year of lead time. For yeah. us to know, obviously, it's, it's 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 a horrible thing, and it's it's the amount that I've changed and the amount that we went through as a family, and and the whole thing is awful. But to at least. Kind of brings back this this whole thing that people talk about sometimes where it's like if you if you could find out your moment your time yeah. would you want to know and just just to know that what the prognosis was and or sorry it was 14 months rather was the prognosis and 14 months to the day she went so to know there was a situation where we had lead time and i was able to kind of restructure my life around making sure that time could be there versus a mic where so man we were it was was it the 30th of december we were and he and he had he had passed the night before we didn't know this yet i wake up the morning of 30 december we're heading up to niagara falls to do the new year's broadcast there you go. and yeah. and i'm about to leave and for some reason i woke up that morning and my mom was getting bad we knew she was getting close to the end she was starting to ask like when are we going to the hospice and stuff like she she much as she the the, the cancer had kind of really Sort of decoupled her from reality. She had moments where she was like basically asking us like, when, when is it going to be time? Because I feel like it's soon. So I just woke up with this weird feeling and I was like, I'm going to check my dad's location. And I checked my dad's location. I'm from actually from Paris, Ontario. I checked it and he was in the, at the Brantford general hospital. And I was like, okay, something obviously happened there. And right as I was about to call him and see what was going on, Johnny called me and said, Hey, have you left to head up for soundcheck yet? And I said, no, he said, well, don't. And here's why. And, and then he dropped the news on me and and that's where everything happened. And then so I, I called my dad and he said, actually, you know, your, your mom last night kept finally kind of had enough. And she, she basically, it's an interesting thing. She, when she reached her point of like, I can't take this anymore. My dad loved her to the point where he, he didn't want her to leave that home. So she, her yeah. way of, she knew that my dad would have had to been dragged out of there kicking and screaming and, and as would she have. And that's actually what she never really actually, actually mentioned this publicly, but she actually Kicked up a big stink to the point where she had to be removed from 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 the home, actually actually fastened to uh to a stretcher and, and and removed because she knew that's what it was going to take because this this yeah. this fucking guy loved her that much that that he was just like I'm going to keep you here you know until the end I, he wanted her to be there to right to the end so yeah. that was her putting up her hand and saying I've had enough so the same day that I got the news that my bandmate passed suddenly out of nowhere the night before was the same day that was the beginning of the final stretch of, of my mom's life where she freaked out. They they took her to the emerge. They dosed her huge with van. and she was out. Essentially, yeah. she was in a coma there through the next nine or so days until she finally passed. And right around that time was when we had the tribute concert for Mike in Burlington, which the Bare Naked Ladies came out, the Arkells guys came out. It was an incredible night. The B and L guys coming was an incredible yeah. moment. And just like you know, it, it's yeah. But just the the obviously that being uh me being like okay, this is clearly the bottom. Like it's it's I just lost. My bandmate suddenly, and my mom finally, after a year of of the biggest ups and downs I'll, I'll hopefully will ever encounter, I just lost these two things. This surely this is what the bottom feels like, right? And then and then just that rebuild, man. And like I was saying, like I've been kind of saying throughout this whole chat, like those moments that really just stop you and say, hey, this could happen. Doesn't matter if you're busy and and you're and you're planning the next months ahead and on all this sort of stuff. Life, whatever whatever you believe in, whatever you you believe dictates all this stuff. Can just out of nowhere say hey by the way none of this is promised none of this is guaranteed and that has fortunately really stuck with me to the point where like my partner carly and i like i'll i will regularly just tell her i'm just grateful for today because everyone's happy no one's you know what i mean no one everyone's happy and healthy that's something to celebrate which i think of course, people take for granted until they start to have those moments where it's like, "Oh, I'm not, I'm not invincible," and and these people around me, you know, you always hear about it happening to someone else, but oh, it, it can happen to me too. Yeah. What a moment to realize like the impermanence of it all, and to really just, I think. I, I certainly, speaking for myself, was guilty of getting swept up in it all prior to. And and if there is, a, if there was to be a silver lining of, of going through great loss like that, whether sudden and unexpected or whether not sudden and very much expected, this that silver lining is, I I for well for and forever changed by that, and will forever. Be grateful for the small simple things that, that i feel like prior to most people take for granted who are in a position that's you know you're fortunate to have a roof over your head and, and the sorts of things that we're able to be fortunate for it's easy to take that for granted and so you have one of those moments where it's like actually you've been lucky until now or you know what i mean yeah. or you're, you're still going to be lucky and fortunate in lots of ways but by the way anything can change in an instant. So just make sure, you know, I try, I try to relay that to people, but you, but you see it in people's face when you tell them that, that like, I can go on this emotional thing and tell them that and say, Oh, you're not close to your mom. Call your mom. You need to, you, you don't understand. You have to, value, to yeah. value the time. You can see it in people's face where it's like, okay, like realistically, yeah. they need to experience that themselves for them to really, to really get that feel for it. But yeah. I feel like even just putting it on people's radar to say like, you know, it's, hopefully you don't want, it's a, it's a bittersweet thing. You don't want the person to have that moment, but you know that if they're going to have that moment, there's going to be a a, quite a few life lessons in there that hopefully will allow them to in the midst, come out of a negative situation with kind of a new light or a new, a new, a new set of positive outlooks on the world, this sort of stuff.
0: Now I want to ask you to kind of close the, uh, the whole conversation out here is you guys are getting ready to go on tour. You get to go now, see live crowds again. Like how exciting is that for you? And like, I guess in a little bit of an interesting kind of aspect of when did you decide this? Cause right off the Juno sounds like a great time to do it where it's like the Junos, people see us at the Junos or we, they know we are there and then it's like now, all right, let's go back out into the world again. Let's do touring. But like how excited are you for that? And how did this all kind of come to be in terms of choosing the places and the dates
1: right yeah so in terms of routing like we there's there's people like you know this this first uh stretch of dates is going to be stateside so there's people we have a different u.s agent than our guy ralph in canada ralph james who's kind of like the the guy that stuff gets pitched to us right so it's it's we really can only say we're into it or we're not into it right so and and this is we're about to play bud stage next month right and, and it'll be our third time postponing that show because of COVID. So it's almost yeah. like, is it, is it really gonna happen? Like, you know what I mean? You start yeah. to see headlines of COVID popping back up. You were like, you were the leaps of round one when it comes to the Buds stage yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully third time's a, a, a charm there, but I'm just stoked to actually get to it because there's been so much of that. There's been so much postponing and rescheduling to the point where just getting back on a tour bus again, it's gonna be like, oh wow, this, we're really doing this now. And you know, our first our first show's in Cleveland and then a few a few more in Ohio. And then we we go to New York to do Carnegie oh, Hall, right. which is gonna be amazing. and. We're, we're, we're thrilled like it's it's there's nothing i think everyone every music lover in the pandemic realized whether on stage or in the audience there's nothing that replaces that live show energy and we've had small little teases like back in september we did a California run. We went down and did a, an awesome festival called Bottle Rock, which was very much our first time back doing that. California had kind of like done away with the mask mandates and stuff. And we got like an early preview of that. We did that. We did a Napa show. We did a San Francisco show. That was a little, a little tease, but this is going to be really the first time we're actually like traveling together on the bus and like really doing it. So it's going to be awesome. And it's actually, it's a relatively short run for that very same reason, because as soon as you rent buses, as soon as you say, Hey crew, we're going to be, st- we're going to pay your, pay your, your daily wages. You're on the hook for that. Right. So, yeah. so we, to, to start small because we have, everybody we know that tours a lot more than us has been burned by this right so to start small do a few things a few kind of more more statement plays with the bud stage and with the carnegie hall hopefully they all go well then we can get you know maybe we can look to europe and this sort of stuff we're just really stoked to do it and we're right now we're we're putting together the new live show where you mentioned sunroof we're actually putting together and all this TikTok talk yeah. we're uh putting together because we've had some success with some of these some of these ones we're putting together we've always people have always enjoyed these mashups that we've done whether a mix of our own tunes or or, or the covers that we we've done that people really enjoy. We're putting together a TikTok mashup right now that's actually all on our. We have this crazy thing called the Giharpaleli that okay. these people made us. It's it's literally a three-headed monster that's that's part bass. It's a harp bass. It's a ukulele and it's a six-string guitar and it's got a bunch of percussion and cool engravings on it. So the whole thing is going to be centered around our gharpalele, which we've done a few a few videos with and, and and songs on as well. But this is going to be this brand new moment in the show and just putting together a new live show. I, I do a lot of the kind of arranging and like just basically logistics of how our, our shows run and this sort of stuff and just getting back in that has been exciting enough on its own to actually take that and to craft this this show of ours and actually take it out and to see people's faces and just just that enjoyment and that really that shared energy experience that is live performance and nothing else is something that i can't wait for that being said i i we got this amazing dog now and I, and I love my girl and stuff so coming home is always a great feeling i i gotta be honest and say that i'm glad that we're we're in a position where especially with g and sarah and the kids and stuff we can't really road dog it anymore like there was a yeah. time where we were doing we would go out for a couple months at a time and it, and we, w- we would love it these days Both because of what I was mentioning about the amount of opportunities when we stay at home, but also the family stuff and all that. We aren't really able to go out and do these longer runs, but to that point, we can make the absolute most of these shorter runs and have just have a blast while we're doing it and not know that we're not going to be out there long enough to the point where we're going to start nitpicking each other for leaving socks out in Bunk bunk Alley or (laughs) or this sort of stuff. You know,
0: that's what that's 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 what you want like the headline to read, like, you know, like, oh yeah, walk off the earth breaks up because so and so didn't put away their socks. I'd be like, (laughs) I'd be like, that's such a Canadian story because they made it through, they
1: made it through all this actual insanity. And then that's what did it. The sock, the sock that broke the camel's back.
0: Yeah. It's like, Oasis breaks up because of song differences. (laughs) Blink-182 breaks up because of like Mark and Tom just have and it's like, walk off the earth breaks off because someone forgot to put their socks away. But like, why do Canadians are so like why are we so cool yet so dorky? Yeah, yeah. And then some, like, it's like
1: I can see that being a real thing for yeah, some men.
0: Toronto Star posted and it's like we sat down with JC and JC said, and it's just like I sat down with JC and JC said, and they're like, Yeah, but you're a Toronto Star, I'd be like, what do I gotta do to get attention around here?
1: <laughs> That's gonna do it for this episode of Tobin Tonight. Our thanks to Joel Cassidy for coming on to the show. Remember. You can find past, present, and future episodes on TobinTonight.com, Spotify, and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and leave a comment or two. For Tobin and myself, this is Jacob saying Thank you for listening, and good night. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast.